Welcome, welcome. It's that time of the week. We look ahead to the weekend on the Not The Top 20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell, with me, George Ellick. And on this pod, you'll hear our selections for the EFL weekend, each of us picking a nap, a next best, a lay bet using the Betfair exchange, plus some goals and goal scorer angles. George, you've already landed a double this weekend, the Sky Sports Friday Quest Saturday double. I haven't landed it yet. I've still got to do it. As 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 you well know, Ali, you were set to do um, one of them last week and had to bow out. So I'm hoping I'll be okay. Very excited to do both. Um, the seasonal debut for, for Quest, then back on straight afterwards on Wednesday for the Carabao as well. So it's going to be a busy few days. Um, but after I've, I've been on holiday in Devon this week, so I'm well rested, well prepped and ready to go. The pride that I always feel when I see you on Quest, it, it, it does bring a tear to the eye, I must say. Um, I, I'm a very sentimental person. I feel that very strongly. <laughs> the, the ones I love succeeding makes me very happy. And, and you're right, I didn't do Quest last weekend. Many people listened to last week's betting show uh, and realised that I was in some trouble. Uh, and maybe, George, I should do all of our betting shows while feeling like death warmed up. Uh, because it wasn't COVID, thankfully, but it was a heavy cold that knocked me for six. Uh, a cracking week for us on the betting show both of our naps came in barrow and peterborough just about posh two goals in injury time uh, you got northampton up at a great price uh, nine to five i think it was mill will let me down for a, a clean sweep of team picks but you laid salford and they drew so that was a good winner i laid wednesday and they won which was bad but my over 2.5 goals treble copped at 10.65 it was in by half time on saturday so that was very pleasing you also had btts in wimbledon bolton which was a three-all draw no luck on the goal scorers but uh, over a really really positive week really pleasing we go again this weekend obviously this podcast is for over 18s only this is talking about gambling gambling comes with risks and if you don't understand the risks that come with gambling please head to begamblerware.org it's very easy to find out what they are and to recognize if any of those might affect you after a good week george and i we won't be raising our stakes just because we won a few bets last weekend we won't be betting on more things than we would otherwise bet on just because we won some bets last weekend Gambling responsibly is not overreacting to the wins, certainly not chasing losses. So please join us in, in gambling responsibly and head to begamblerware.org. Let's start with our best bets of the EFL weekend. George, you go first. Yeah, I'm pretty League 2 focused again. Uh, it feels to me like the league at the moment where there's the most value to be had. And my nap is Sutton to beat Scunthorpe away. They are 13-8 to 8 at the moment with Betfair Sportsbook. So the two teams... Yes, Scunthorpe are 17 to 10. So Sutton, very, very marginal favourites. They're basically picking prices uh, at the time of recording. And I think that the market isn't necessarily alert to Sutton yet. I know that Sutton haven't won a game so far this season, but the performances and the teams they've been playing, I think, legislate for that. You know, we, we said after opening day that they put in a very good performance against Forest Green, Forest Green scoring very late on to get the 2 1 win. Um, and Rob Edwards was very complimentary afterwards about Sutton and their performance. They then took the lead against a championship side in Cardiff uh, before losing the game 3-2. But again, a one-goal defeat away to a pretty good championship team. And then going away to Salford, the pre-season favourites for League Two. And even though they've started the campaign pretty poorly uh, and probably had just about the better of this game, Sutton had their chances to win it too. So just one draw and two defeats in three games but I think they, there's been enough positive there to suggest that Sutton are going to be okay uh, there are concerns that they had a plastic pitch in the National League um, 
and whether their home form will will be as good as it was then we will we, we don't know you know they're, they're not playing games at home at the moment because the pitch isn't ready um but the games they've played so far on grass have been have been good enough and this is the same stuff i was saying last last week um, i wonder if they would win a game if they played it on a spreadsheet possibly i mean <laughs> we, we haven't seen enough yet for the underlying data to tell me that but i'm sure uh, i'll be talking about that pretty soon uh, if they do <laughs> those are the three places that you can play professional football obviously grass plastic That's spreadsheets correct but football is played on grass unless you're in the national league then maybe played on plastic um yeah, but I mean, their performances so far have been fine. I, I, this is all the stuff I said last week when laying Sawfords and um, the uh, there was nothing in that game and then that winning bet to dissuade me from siding with them again here. Um, there is an added caveat, which is that Sutton didn't have a game in midweek and Scunthorpe did. I think that there is a genuine advantage to be had there for a team that's had a week's rest. And Scunthorpe were down as being relegation favourites before the season started. Seen very little to suggest otherwise. You know, there were... Um, well beaten on opening day by by Swindon at home. Um, this is just their second home game of the season. Last time out against Walsall, they, they grabbed a, a, a late-ish equaliser to get a point, but Walsall were the better team on the day. And um, you, know, you look at the chance quality and the chances created, Walsall were unlucky not to get three points there. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Sutton are, as is often the case when sides are promoted automatically or when sides win, win the National League, they gen- generally come up to the League Two as a mid-table team uh, in terms of quality because the gap just isn't very big at all if there even is a gap between League Two um, and the National League. And I think Scunthorpe are 22nd, 23rd or 24th. Take your pick in terms of quality here. So I think Scun- Sutton should be um, shorter price favourites than they are. Uh, and at 13 to 8, I'm, I'm going to be getting getting involved uh, at that price. Yeah, nice. I'm back up to the Championship towards the very top of it in fact West Bromwich Albion my nap this weekend in the EFL they are away to Blackburn Rovers they are 6 to 5 with Betfair Sportsbook to win this game West Brom for me are unbelievably exciting a meteor that's how i see them at the moment a footballing meteor they hurtle towards the opposition goal with great speed and great mass you can shoot a few missiles at it and you might take a chunk out of it but you cannot and you will not alter its course and its courses straight into your goal. Um, Val Ishmael and West Brom could not have started any better. Will these players, you know, higher paid, older, more experienced players than his Barnsley side, will they buy into what he wants them to do? Yes, they are having the time of their lives. Will the style of play translate to a top team that's more used to dominating games? Well, so far, yes, absolutely yes. West Brom have created 23 shots from set-piece situations in three games. That is almost eight per game. They've already had 12 shots in the six-yard box alone this season. That is four per game. Uh, And, as discussed, it's not just the aerial bombardment, although that will get you most of the time. One goal in each of the three league games so far from open play. Three really good goals as well. Robinson against Cherries on opening day. Carlin Grant at the weekend. Alex Mowat last night. They've got both of those ways to hurt you. And defensively, well, an interesting one. They have faced the fewest open play shots, which is another tick in the box for the Ishmael style of play. If you are the team with the high line and the intense press, if you do it well, you generally, those teams will normally face the fewest amount of shots in the league or towards the very top end of that particular metric. But they do tend to give up very good chances when they are breached. And that so far has been the case. It's very early days, but the fewest open play shots conceded West Brom 
but the 10th highest expected goals conceded from open play. So when they do give up shots, they have been high quality ones. The good news is they have a Premier League level goalkeeper in Sam Johnston uh, in goal. And further good news, they're not giving up many of those shots in general. They're up against Blackburn, who have obviously had a lovely start. And I'm sure that contributes to, to this price, which I think is very generous for West Brom to win. They've got seven points from their three games. Looking at the three, they've beat a disastrous Swansea side who were... You know, they had basically just appointed Russell Martin. They knew they, they needed to pass it out from the back, but they had no idea how to do that. Uh, and Blackburn picked them off, didn't they, with that high press. They beat Nottingham Forest last night with two headers from centre-backs. I don't think those two things, beating baggies with a high press or beating baggies with set-piece goals, I don't think they get joy with either of those this weekend. In between that, they kind of nicked a one-all draw at Millwall with a 0.11 XG generated Brereton header from a free kick. So... I'm not positive on Blackburn's chances of being able to do what they've done previously against West Brom this weekend. The The main concern for me, to be honest, is that this is the first Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday trio of games for West Brom. Um, maybe there's a chance that physically they're not at the absolute maximum, but we'll find out the hard way if that's the case. I still really like this. I like the price at 6-5. to five. West Brom have given me no reason to believe that they are anything but an absolute meteor at this level and I don't think we'll be able to back them at this price for very long so 6-5 to five West Brom my nap this weekend George next best still in League 2 the meaty meteor I love it um, yeah still in League 2 and listeners to the Monday pod uh, won't be too surprised to hear me backing Forest Green uh, to get three points um, at home to Crawley uh, they put in another decent performance in midweek they went to Rochdale and beat them 2-1 um, it wasn't in any way near as dominant as some of the performances we've seen so far from Forest Green but even so they were able to get the result and they still look like a team uh, with Matt and Stevens are going to well their two strikers are going to be blessed with uh, getting a lot of chances because of the way that they play um, and I think they're going to have too much for a Crawley side who had their own very good result in midweek by beating Salford 2-1 at home. I think it's that result that probably gives us the opportunity to back Forest Green at a backable price because actually it's been a consistent theme uh, throughout John Yems's time as manager of Crawley that their home form is very good, but their away form is seriously lacking. And that um, has been the case. You know, you look at their last five, ten away games. You know, they beat Bradford 2-0 away from home in the third last away game of the season, but they've already been beaten by Hartlepool. Uh, they were beaten by Newport towards the back end. They, they've won two of their last ten on the road in the league. Sorry, two of the last 12 on the road in the league. They are not a very good side on their travels. Um, so I'm happy to basically draw a line through the result and performance in midweek because they are just a poorer side um, when travelling. And I think Forest Green under Rob Edwards are proving themselves, as I say, to be one of, if not the best team in the division. Um, if I was to do my 1-24s to now, as I said on Monday, I think Bradford and Forest Green, you know, I'm happy we had Bradford top because they've started the season very well and looked like a class outfit under Derek Adams. But Forest Green, certainly the ones that I would upgrade massively. So, uh, yeah, it's odds on. It's nothing too sexy. But I think at 17-20, to 20, you know, if... Um, if Crawley hadn't had that win in midweek, then I think they'd be probably a fair bit shorter than that. And I think there's a fair chance they'll go off shorter as well. So, um, yeah, Forest Green at odds on 17 to 20 is my next best. Not far down the road from Forest Green, Cheltenham Town. They won't be playing in Cheltenham this weekend. They'll be playing <laughs> in Fleetwood. The worst segue I've ever done. Six yes. years of podcasting. The worst I've ever done. Cheltenham Town, my pick here. Next best. To beat Fleetwood, a price of nine to four. Let's go through what these two sides have done so far in League One. Fleetwood, 
Good first half against Portsmouth, fall away, lose 1-0. Good first half against Lincoln, fall away, lose 2-1 from in front. Blitzed by Sheffield Wednesday the whole game in midweek, lose 1-0, should be 2 or 3-0. Their only goal so far in 270 minutes, a 30-yard free kick from Danny Andrew. Cheltenham, marginally the better side versus Crew in a one-all draw. Matching Wickham in every way last weekend, certainly for the first 70 minutes or so. They missed a one-on-one at 1-0, conceded two goals from outside the box, losing 3-1 in a game that certainly was not a 3-1 game. Then they beat Ipswich 2-1 in midweek. Again, far from dominant. You would expect that against Ipswich. But after a very poor, sloppy first 15 minutes, they turned the game around. They defended very well and they won from behind 2-1. So good start for Cheltenham, four points. Bad start for Fleetwood, zero points. I know I've been a, a big Michael Duff fanboy and, and at times it might have got a bit tedious but in in two years now maybe more there's been no reason not to trust in his sides that doesn't mean they win every game but it just means that that you can be confident they're not going to throw in a complete shocker for Fleetwood they're lurching from high performance level for half an hour in games to very low performance level in losing all three eventually it's very hard to to trust them to put in a, a performance for 90 minutes I'm going to put Three quarters of my one point that we get for the next bests on Cheltenham to win the game at nine to four, George. I'm going to put a quarter of a point on draw half time, Cheltenham full time at 13 to two. Even though it's early days, just following that trend of Fleetwood's performances so far, you know, I'm sure they'll come on strong and Cheltenham will probably look to keep it tight early on. And then Cheltenham, of course, would back themselves to get stronger in the second half. That's what they've done consistently. They'll they'll know that Fleetwood are tiring in games. I think that will play on the brains of the Fleetwood players. And the constant bombardment chips away at you. Those long throws from Ben Tozer, those set pieces from Chris Hussey. I think Hill and Holgate, two young centre-backs, and Clark as well, the third centre-back for Fleetwood, they're going to have a huge, huge job on their hands just stopping the aerial threat of Cheltenham. And not only that, in three games so far... Cheltenham have generated the fourth best expected goals numbers from open play in League One. So a really positive start going forward, creating chances uh, in more than one way, Cheltenham. So nine to four, them to win. That's taking three quarters of my one point stake uh, and then a quarter on the draw halftime. Cheltenham full time at 13 to two. Just a reminder, Betfair have no cash out suspensions whatsoever on match odds for all EFL games applicable to both singles and multiples. No one else offers that. No cash out suspensions. George, we put up two lays last week. Yours came off, mine didn't. Where are you going this week? Is it a vulnerable favourite? How many times this season am I, am I going to say the phrase vulnerable favourite? I think it's fair to assume it'll always be a vulnerable favourite. I'm, I'm not going to be t- you know, tipping up a, a 4.0 lay. Um, yeah, Salford again. I'm, I'm laying them again. They're hosting Swindon. Um, at the moment, you can lay them, well, I think their last price match was about 1.78. So about, around about the four to five mark, you're going to be able to, uh, if you're if you're quick, uh, get your lays up and hope they get matched. Um, there's just nothing really this season to suggest that Salford were uh, a, a, a rightful in their place as one of the market's top rated teams. They, again, as I said, lost in midweek against Crawley. They drew against Sutton. And I think against Swindon here, they're playing the best team of, of the three. Um, not including their opening day draw against Leighton Orient. Swindon continued to really impress me. Um, they had a very entertaining 0-0 draw against Tranmere, uh, where both keepers made some crucial saves. But again, you know they, they may have conceded a few chances to Tranmere themselves, but they created enough uh, and it would have, wouldn't have been unfair on either team for one of the teams to take three points home. Um, 
although I think Tranmere feel like they probably deserved a penalty in the game. Um, Kane Kessler-Hayden should be back after suspension. He was a big miss for Swindon in, in midweek uh, on loan from Villa, the attacking right back. Um, has been, well, in the couple of games he's played, has been Swindon's kind of shining light, I guess. Uh, and I just, I, I still think that Swindon are being priced up as a basket case club when I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think even if you look at the 1-11s to of the teams likely to start, um, we know about about Salford and about their um, plethora of, of kind of good players, but I don't think there's really much in it. Um, you look at the team that played against Crawley, um, it feels like it's... They're still playing a 4-4-2 with Tom Elliott playing off Ian Henderson and, and Morris and McElhaney as wide players in a 4-4-2. I don't think that's really the way that those players want to play um, with attacking fullbacks as well. It all just feels a little bit disjointed. Um, and I do wonder, we know that how ambitious the owners of Salford are. And I think we're not far away from seeing Gary Bowyer coming under some serious pressure for his job here because the brief was quite evidently to get this team up into League One and he's been supported to do so. Um, and the, the season couldn't really have started worse with Salford still winless. This is going to be a really difficult game for them to win. We can expect Swindon to have loads of the ball, which doesn't really play into the hands of the technically gifted players that Salford have. Um, and they don't necessarily have the, you know, with maybe the exception of McElhaney, who can get in behind. Uh, they're not the the kind of team who I think are, are set up to spring well on the counter against teams who have a lot of the ball. So, yeah, I, I think Swindon's price is... I, I definitely will be backing Swindon at around about the four to one mark. Um, I think it's a huge price, but the simpler and better bet is just to to lay Salford odds on for the win. I, I just, you know, they could easily win this game five nil, and I'd still think that their their price of, of being odds on here it doesn't really make much sense. You and Swindon need to get a roommate, to be honest. Mm, it's getting, please, please don't say that. It's getting embarrassing now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I'll be I'll, I'll be chanting the uh, the Swindon songs extra loud at Loftus Road on on Tuesday night next week. So my lay bet is Bournemouth uh, in the Championship. They are one point six six to back at the moment on the Betfair Exchange. I put up a lay at one point seven this morning and got matched. So one point seven my number there. I've laid them for a point. Let's say a point equals £10 for me. That means that if Bournemouth win at 1.7, I will pay out £7. If Bournemouth draw or lose, I will get that £10 stake. I am essentially acting as the bookmaker here. That's what the Betfair exchange allows you to do. And this is a bit of a number Z one. I know it's early days and we shouldn't look too much into expected goals numbers uh, and to draw a ton of conclusions. But when it comes to Bournemouth, they just suggest that maybe their tally of seven points has been a little fortunate, has probably probably lent on moments of individual quality more so than solid performances. And I think there's an extent to which a team like Bournemouth, and probably they showed us this last season at times, can rely on, on individual quality rather than solid, consistent uh, performances throughout games. But they're against Blackpool. And I think Blackpool very unlucky not to pick up any points at all against Coventry in the in the loss against Cardiff. They just didn't match Cardiff physically whatsoever. And as we know, Cardiff will automatically beat you by default if you can't match them physically. Uh, and on opening day, they got that draw from behind against Bristol City. I think they've had spells in, in all of their games where they've looked quite good. Um, but it's another slow start to the season for Blackpool, which is what they suffered from last season. This will be an interesting one. Um, and I think it's a completely different prospect. You know, the way that they lost to Cardiff doesn't make me worried for how they will play against Bournemouth, put it that way. I think that they're probably more comfortable defending the ball on the ground than they are in the air. 
and that's how Bournemouth will try and uh, and hurt them. I think that Critchley is a good enough tactician to at least get the uh, the game plan right, and then they have to hope that the individual quality that Bournemouth have doesn't hurt them. Certainly not cutting loose this Bournemouth side. They haven't yet hit one xG uh, in an individual game, so I'm just not sure the performances are, are fully there. And of course, maybe we shouldn't expect them to be because they've been missing so many players. You know, last night four academy graduates started outfield. Uh, and individually, they all look very, very talented, don't they? The, the defender, Ibsen Rossi, the left-back, Zamora, the midfielder, Gavin, the big switch, Kel Kenny, and Jaden Anthony, probably the most eye-catching of the lot so far with his goals and his assists. But, you know, that's uh, that's almost half of their outfield players who are very, very inexperienced, a little green. Uh, and I think that might be why they might be struggling for, for sort of consistent performance levels within games. So they have got a few of the big dogs coming back, Bournemouth, but... Just too short for me here at 1.7. So Bournemouth, my lay at 1.7 with the Betfair exchange. Some goals, angles now, George. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, one, <clears throat> my, my main tip I'll come to in a second, but I, I like, I'm also backing West Brom as you are. And I think the West Brom to score two or more goals at 13 to 10 uh, is quite a nice angle um, because I do, the way the West Brom's games have played out this season in terms of, of both the, the Bournemouth game and then the Luton game as well. Um, I worry that Valerian Ishmael has got them very well drilled, both, as you kind of mentioned, has got them well drilled as a, a set-piece side, as an attacking side, but still uh, often can concede some pretty good chances. So that would be the way I'd play that, um, probably playing both. But my main one is BTTS and over two and a half goals in Ipswich against MK Dons at 1.99, uh, a little bet builder. Uh, of sorts you can have more to it if you fancy uh, in that game Ipswich have obviously had a torrid start to the season um it, it you know I said that it couldn't have gone worse for Salford it really couldn't have gone worse so far for Ipswich all of the money invested an absolute embarrassment of Richards riches in the squad and even left out of the squad at the moment and yet they can't um seem to put together a performance that deserves a victory in the league for which they were favorites um they went to Cheltenham in midweek and were humbled by Mike Duff and his team having taken the lead. Um, again, players who we think of as being too good for this level, um, Raheem Harper, Scott Fraser, Macaulay Bond, none of them really having much of an impact at all. Uh, we're seeing them. I, I think that the level of quality that they've got in the team means that they are, are pretty much always creating chances. You know, they scored twice against Morecambe on opening day. They um, scored against Burton and Cheltenham in defeat, but they've conceded two goals in each of their three games. And even though Russell Martin has left MK Dons, we're still seeing an MK Dons side who are looking pretty sharp and, and are able to create goal-scoring opportunities pretty much at will. Um, Charlton took the lead against them in midweek before MK Dons came back and scored twice to win the game. Um, they were very, very good. So you look at the players that they've got, uh, you know, Scott Twine has come in and hit the ground running and started very well. Moisa, another one who came in to score the goals and is doing so. Troy Parrott, after having a really disappointing season uh, last season up in the Championship at Millwalls, now got two and two uh, for MK Dons, finally getting that kind of monkey off his back in terms of getting his first um, first senior goal and has done so. And, and Matt O'Reilly, I think, is in terms of succession planning, has come in and filled that. You know, him and Robertson are, are two of the it's as good a midfield duo as you're going to get in the centre midfield. This is just a very, very good side. And, and you know, Liam Manning isn't going to have to be up to much to make them the very worst, very competitive mid-table side at this level this season. So uh, I think it should be a very good game for the neutral. I'm kind of interested to see how it goes. It feels to me like two of the most interesting squads in the division going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Um, I think 
you know, there's no doubt that MK Dons are going to be an attacking side this season. We know that Paul Cook's sides are as well. We know that Cook is struggling to keep teams out, and I think they're going to come up against the best attacking side they've seen so far this season. So um, that doesn't seem to me to be much reason why this will be anything else but an open affair uh, with both teams getting enough chances to uh, to land the both BTTS and uh, getting three or three or more goals. So that's my tip, just under even money at 1.99. And I am trying to land an overs treble again, uh, starting again with a, an early game, which is always nervy, isn't it? And last week's Peter Radavi game was uh, some scenes in the living room, um, absolutely up to my eyeballs on day nurse uh, as, uh, as Posh's two injury time goals not only got my nap up at 23 to 20, but also kept the, uh, well, got leg one of my uh, overs treble up. Uh, and of course, the, the others came in by by half time by 3.45. So that was good stuff. Uh, we go again. Bristol City against Swansea is the Friday night game rather than the Saturday lunchtime game. So we'll know by midnight on Friday whether we're still alive here or whether it's uh, back to the drawing board. This is 2.26 to 5 with Betfair Sportsbook. Um, I think the, the fact that it's on Friday night plays into the hands here. I think Friday night under the lights obeying Ashton Gate crowd. Both of these teams have had two out of three over 2.5 so far. Both of them, in my opinion, vulnerable defensively. Swansea, we've seen still yet to, to fully click under Russ Martin, and that is not a huge issue or criticism. Uh, it's going to take time, uh, and, and they're kind of getting to grips with it. Bristol City, a bit more confidence after finally getting a win in midweek. 3-2 against a poor Reading side. Um, they did the business really through set pieces, scoring two early on. Um, and yeah, I don't think Bristol City are over the hill. I don't think they are all of a sudden a great side. And I think they can certainly be got at as well, as Reading found um, with their two goals. So over 2.5 in Bristol City, Swansea. Then my second leg is Carlisle, Leighton Orient in League Two at evens. Carlisle home versus away, two completely different game plans. We saw it last season and we're seeing it already this season at home. They go for it, and it's brilliant. Last season, uh, they scored 38 goals at home, 22 away. So 1.65 at home and less than a goal a game away from home. But they conceded over a goal a game in their home games as well. So it was a scoring average of 2.74 goals per game uh, at Brunton Park last season. I think even though they drew nil-nil on opening weekend at home to Colchester, they absolutely went for it and they were thwarted by an incredible goalkeeping performance. I think we know enough about this Carlisle side to know that they're going to throw the kitchen sink when they play in front of their fans. And Leighton Orient, we spoke about on the Monday pod, one of the big encouraging signs for me under Kenny Jacket for this Orient side is how many different ways they've been able to hurt teams already this season um, by going long, by playing short, playing through the thirds. Uh, and, I, and I think that there's a chance they could get some goals here as well. So I like both teams scoring opportunities here. Carlisle, Leighton Orient over uh, 2.5 at even money. The third leg is Northampton Rochdale, also in League Two at 1.9 with the sports book. I think Northampton's set piece threat uh, matches very well with a, a Rochdale vulnerability defensively. Um, they've got young centre-backs either side of O'Connell. Um, but Dale, actually, despite not picking up the results so far, have maintained an open play threat themselves uh, over the first few games. And I think there's only a matter of time before the goals start flowing. Uh, Newby looks very good. Beasley's doing some great work up there as well. They've got a couple of other uh, interesting attacking players. Uh, and I think it's just a good matchup for goals, this. Northampton versus Rochdale, 1.9. John Brady um, trying to make Cobblers a bit more of an exciting attacking side, trying to prove himself in front of the home fans. That's the third in my treble. The treble is 8.6. 
with Betfair Sportsbook. So uh, just to touch over 15 to 2 if you prefer the fractions. And just a reminder that if you bet with Betfair and you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. Terms and conditions to apply for that. You can find them on the Betfair site. Last but certainly not least, George, my favourite section, goal scorers. The League 2 Bruno Fernandes back at Morecambe. Adam Phillips is the way I'm going here. Um, he's 12 to 1 first goal scorer. He's 11 to 2 anytime. Just stick a bit on both. Um, half point on each. He, um, It's interesting. I, I've been trying to find out this morning if there's a reason why he, uh, having scored both uh, in the Carabao Cup and then in the win against um, Shrewsbury, both from the spot, if there was a reason why he was then taken off after 65 minutes against Shrewsbury and then was dropped or rested against Rotherham coming on with 25 minutes to go. Um, I can't find anything about an injury. Maybe it's because not every League One game calls for a Bruno Fernandes. That's absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, I, I, I've, I've looked, there's no mention of injury anywhere, so I assume it's just rotation. And given they beat Blackburn, beat Shrewsbury, and then he came off and then they lost against Rotherham, I think it's fair to think they'll probably come back into the side against what is a very, very threadbare Gillingham side. Uh, I'm backing Morecambe to win this game. I think they're about five to two to do so. You saw Gillingham in the flesh alley uh, in midweek mm. against FC Wimbledon, uh, a Gillingham side who did extraordinarily well to get a point uh, with ten men uh, very late on, which may have cost me a few quid myself, sadly. Um, but I don't think Morecambe have anything to fear here. It's a very good time to play Gillingham, who, who have been pretty poor since the season started uh, in this campaign. Um, who lack to me uh, any kind of creativity um, in wide areas and, and in the middle of the park as well. Um, I think Morecambe have proven themselves, despite being minnows of the division, to be capable at this level. We've seen them put in good performances already. I mentioned, you know, the, the Blackburn result in the thing, but they're, they're unbeaten in the one well, no, of they lost to midweek, but they prior to that had beaten Shrewsbury 2 0 and got a draw at Portman. So there's nothing for them to fear at all. Phillips will be on penalties if he's if he's if he's on the pitch. Uh, likely on free kicks as well and as we've seen time and time again he is a very very good attacking player who's a goal threat from open play as well um he scored eight goals in 25 games for the uh, first half of last season before being pinched by Accrington um he scored four and 11 the season before you know he is I know Cole, Cole Stockton has um stepped up to the mantle ever since then but I would say that a fit and firing Adam Phillips is probably the biggest goal threat that Morecambe have despite the fact he's not a striker um, so the, him being priced up amongst those kind of centre midfield players is just disregarding all the evidence put, put in front of us and a set piece proficiency as well. So, yeah, any game where I think more come a value, you know, Stockton's five to one to score first. Phillips is twelve to one. No, don't think that's right. <laughs> so let's uh, so let's get involved. Yeah. So all eyes on on Ewood Park for me, not because not just rather because West Bromwich Albion are my nap, but also because of my goal scorer picks. Three of their defenders tempting me for obvious reasons that I outlined earlier. Their incredible um, early season numbers when it comes to generating shots from set-piece situations. Eight per game on average so far in their three matches. Uh, and if you look at who scored, you can see who's having shots and where they're having them. Uh, shots in the six-yard box in the championship this season. Aidan Flint, Darnell Furlong, Kyle Bartley, Shane Lavery of Blackpool... Uh, and then quite a few on two, including Dara O'Shea. Now I'm going to chuck in Matt Clark into the mix. He's only played two games, otherwise he'd probably be there as well. I'm leaving out Bartley because his odds are so very low. Um, three of them tempting me, Furlong, O'Shea and Clark, all for West Bromwich Albion. 
I'm automatically leaving Furlong out because he spends half of his time furlinging the ball into the box with that long throw. Uh, so <laughs> it's O'Shea and Clark, and I simply cannot split them. Um, and therefore, my approach here is to put half a point on each of them to score any time. Dara O'Shea and Matt Clark, 16-1 to any time. I am evidently expecting West Brom to dominate this game, to generate just as many chances from these situations as they have done so far. And Matt Clark and Dara O'Shea both look prime to get on the end of a goal mouse scramble or a flick on or a or a first time header into the top corner so half a point on each Dara O'Shea and Matt Clark both of them 16 to 1 anytime with Betfair Sportsbook and that's it from us thank you so much for listening to this NTT20 podcast the betting show sponsored by Betfair a reminder that if you bet 20 pounds on multiples or bet builders with Betfair you'll receive a £5 free bet to use also on multiples or bet builders. Uh, and also that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions at all on match odds for all football league games, and those are applicable to both singles and multiples. Fingers crossed, touching wood for a bit more luck like we had last weekend. Some good picks, some good winners. Um, best of luck with any selections that you go for this weekend. Let us know on Twitter what you like about what we've said, what you don't fancy, what you fancy yourselves that we might not have mentioned. Always great to hear from you. And of course, on our NTT20 squad, uh, which is an EFL community that we run through Leveller, um, we do have a separate and specific channel just for EFL betting discussion and some pretty shrewd people on there as well. So let us know if you're interested in joining the squad. There is a two-week free trial ahead of the subscription, which is monthly from that point on. Uh, the link to join, if you'd like to check out this free trial, is in the description of this podcast. Be good to see you there. George, it's going to be great to see you uh, both in the flesh, on the sofa at Sky Sports tomorrow, Friday night, 10.15pm. Maybe put it on record if you've got Friday night plans. Otherwise, we'll see you there. Got a really, really good segment lined up for you. And then Quest, Saturday night, George Ellick on our screens with... I think Dean Ashton. Oh, I think that, that is a dream team. Yeah. Probably my favourite. I am excited. And Colin Murray as well. And Colin, obviously. Um, probably my favourite combination, if I may say so. It's not, be great. Not including myself. Um, it's weird if yourself was your favourite combination. Well, it's just nice to be there. It's just nice to be involved. Um, looking forward to it, guys. I uh, hope you have a good weekend. And we'll talk again on Monday with a recap of the EFL weekend on the Not The Top 20 podcast.